Hey Blockheads, do you want premium audio content in your RPG games ready at the call of your very fingertips? You could use sounds like this. Or like this. And even this. Well, now you can. You have heard BattleBards audio in our Hired Heroes episode, and now they are making those sounds available to you. Their store officially opens on February 1st, and there are special rewards through the Dungeon Master's block that you can get when you check out for the first time. When you buy a BattleBards credit package worth either $10 or $25, if you use the code DMB1, you will get one predetermined track for free. If you use the code DMB2 for any $50 or $100 packages, you will get five free predetermined tracks. If you use code DMB3 for any $150 or $300 packages, you will get 10 predetermined tracks for free. When you check out with those codes, you help not only BattleBards and the Dungeon Master's Block, but most importantly, you help out yourself. Chris, what are you talking about? There's a giant coming. We gotta go. Ah, we gotta go. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of The Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we talk about the most important person in the game, the Dungeon Master, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all of your players at the table. I'm one of your hosts, Dungeon Master Chris. And I'm Dungeon Master Mitch. And today we are joined, well, we will be joined in a little while <laughs> by Alex from BattleBards. We have had a longing to do this episode for a while because this is things that these are things that both Mitch and I use within our games, and I'm sure many of you use within our, within your own games. Sounds. And so we are including Alex from BattleBards because they are one of the premier audio tabletop people in the business right now, and he has just a plethora of knowledge when it comes to sounds and soundscapes and, and all of that good stuff and how to make it fit well and how you can use it well within your campaigns. So sit tight, hang on for just a little while. We're going to get through some iTunes reviews, and then we'll get to all of the goodness that is Alex from BattleBards. Oh, yeah. So our first five-star review comes from Meyer, and he writes for new and old DMs. What can I say? This is one of the few podcasts that I, that sit on my phone that I listen to. While they talk mostly about dungeon mastering for Dungeons & Dragons, what they talk about correlates to other RPG games such as GURPS. For me, the best part is the story time section. Hearing those creates ideas for what I would like to do in my game. The meat section has helped me improve my campaign creation. No longer is the main villain one guy, but a council group that operates a shadow figure, Count Zell. Nice. Listen if you are new to get a better grasp on DMing. Have a few players listen to the stories to get them interested. This is a highly recommended podcast. So thank you very much, Meyer. You are a favorite listener of ours because you left a five-star review so thank you very much for that and your name is meyer which is yeah. our grocery store here spelled yeah, differently that is true but... <laughs> spelled different but yes uh our next five-star review comes from super beetle 333 and is entitled great stuff for getting through work five stars my job involves a lot of working alone on computers so having a good long podcast to listen to is a must 
This show is extremely informative and has helped prepare me to run a long campaign along with being very entertaining. Good work, guys. Keep it up. We've we've heard so many people say we love listening to this at work, and we are glad that we can be the soothing sounds that get you through the workday. So thank you so much, <laughs> Super Beetle 333. We appreciate Better that. Better than your boss chewing your ear off. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Can I get those TPS reports? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Uh, all right, so the next one comes from a Hogagen, and I Hogagen 2, so I hope I said that right. Uh, excellent resource for DMs, five stars. This podcast is extremely informative and thought-provoking for DMs. I would recommend that every DM listen to it for tips to improve their games. Short, sweet, and to the point. Yeah. Thank you very much, Ahogagen. Yeah, thank you. We hope that Chris said your name right. Chris did hope so. probably a way better job than I would have, so... <laughs> Every time you say a hoogigen, I just think of a hoogigen. A hoogigen? I don't know. Anyway. Something like that. The next five stars from Lotus Wrath entitled, A Must Listen for New and Veteran DMs. I've recently came across this podcast and I've been listening to it constantly ever since. It is a really fun podcast to listen to and is full of great advice for those of us who run campaigns, those who are thinking about running one, or those who write creatively. The hosts are insightful and entertaining as they relate their advice and stories about their past and ongoing campaigns. The story time segment is always worth listening to for the antics <laughs> that their characters get involved in. I highly recommend this podcast to anyone who is considering starting a new campaign or for those who need advice on their current ones. And I will definitely be spreading the word to my other role-playing friends. Thank you for that. And he ends with a fantastic hashtag. Hashtag stomp is king. Yes, stomp is king. So that's why you. I let you take this review. Yes, I, that I didn't see that. That's I was fantastic. Like, there you thank go. you. Lotus, there you is, Lotus Wrath, thank you so much. Stomp is king. Everybody remember that. Well, with that, let's head to the meat. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meat? Carving up! Just a mouthful! Looks like meat back on the menu, boys! So today for the meet, we are joined uh, by Alex from the amazing and awesome company called Battle Bards. Alex, why don't you say hello to all of our fans out there? Hey, everyone. It's wonderful to be here. Thanks so much. Sweet. So my first question for you, Alex, who are you and where are you from? <laughs> I am that mysterious stranger from No Man's Land. No, man. Uh, uh, Alex Shazvinsky, <laughs> co-founder of Battle Bards. Who I am? I'm a gamer, man. Been playing D&D now for 20 years or tabletop role-playing games for 20 years. Been using audio extensively in my games for 15 years. Just thought that this would be a good idea to try to see if other people might be interested in top shelf audio. At least located in Southern California, we kind of have the team all over the place. And I'm also the founder of the Orange County Gaming Group, which kind of pins me also in Southern California, where we would uh, we just run different systems, different platforms with a group of uh, DMs. So 3.5, Pathfinder, 5th Edition, some Paranoia, Edge of Empire, even some Shadowrun that we've done. So we t tend to be a little eclectic. Uh, we've been kind of expanding the platforms that we're uh, exploring. Awesome. So I guess my first real question of, of any gamer that comes on this show, what made you first become interested in RPG games? Oh my gosh. 
the movie Willow. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> awesome. To be completely honest. That's one I have not that's seen yet. That's so funny. Oh, Mitch, Mitch seems my to know God. That's so funny. I've been watching Life is Too Short on HBO where Warwick Davis is always making fun of himself, and he always goes up to people, and he's like, he's like, oh, I'm from Star Wars? They're like, what did you play in that? Like, an Ewok? So your face was covered. Have you seen Willow? <laughs> no, never heard of it. <laughs> Willow is fantastic. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this younger generation. Oh, my gosh. We're a disgrace. Willow really is a classic. Is um, I love it. If I'm not mistaken, it's a Spielberg, or to George Lucas. It's one of those, actual one of their first yeah. projects, uh, if I recall. Absolutely outstanding, Val Kilmer. Back when he was actually really, really, really good. <laughs> Willow. It was. Uh, it was kind of one of my first really uh, interests in that whole medieval fantasy setting because it, it really has a lot of these iconic Dungeons and Dragons or um, iconic medieval fantasy type of elements with magic and sword fighting and all that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this? And then I uh, found myself in. Uh, I think back then it was like a Barnes and Noble or Walden Books, and I was flipping through some of these fantasy novels, and then I ran into the player's handbook and i'm like oh my gosh there's a game where i could be you know mad martigan or i could be a sorcerer and i could run you know my friends through this stuff this is the greatest thing since sliced bread and that's the a romance that uh that just went from there. i have never nice. ever heard somebody when we've asked the people questions how did you get started in RPG gaming. I've never heard somebody say the movie Willow, and I'm so glad that we have a person who said the movie. That's fantastic. I'm so excited, right? Chris, ser- seriously, watch you it. Should, you need to see watch it. Willow. Dude. You need to watch Willow. I'm telling you. I don't know how you're going <laughs> I, I, to watch Willow. <laughs> you do they or have Willow sure on DVD? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm sure they do somewhere. They do. I I have there a copy. I'll, I'll, you if you can't find it, Chris, let me know. Uh, if you just cannot find it, I will send you a copy because that is how badly you need to watch. <laughs> That's how much I believe. Wait, in. I've I never actually seen have two Willow copies now. that I, I can think send. You need to know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Alex, you said you've been using audio extensively for the past fifteen years. So, is that kind of where you got the idea for Battle Bards? Yeah, the frustration that I was always run into um, over the you know all the the many years that I've been using it is I'm using multiple media players like Windows Media Player, Winamp, uh, you know all these things to try to queue up all these different uh, pieces of audio at the right time. But when you're on a laptop and you're trying to get all these different media players to work, sometimes it doesn't start at the right time. There's some processing or you know there's a little bit of delay. And one thing that you guys know as a DM, when you spend so much time crafting a moment in game and everyone's at the edge of their seat it is so easy to lose that momentum and lose the energy on the table when there's a hiccup you simply can't have hold on guys one second let me get that let me get the sound effect or let me get this piece perfect piece of music if it doesn't flow the energy is going to fall off the table and it is so hard to get it where it needs to be and what's even worse than waiting for a, a particular piece of audio to play, it's a darn Geico ad or something because <laughs> oh, you have yes. like, yeah, because you've got like, you know, you've got all these uh, links to YouTube because you've got all this bits of audio that you want to play. And all of a sudden, you know, a PC is about to die. The BBG is about to launch their next, uh, you know, empowered delay blast fireball. And have you ever seen Geico? And all you're like, no. <laughs> Uh, so I'm just like, I'm like, there's it's so be. easy a caveman could use it. <laughs> exactly. And they're like, what was that? Is that part of the scene? I'm like, guys, don't, don't. Cause I'm all pissed off at that, at that point. Cause I ruined the whole thing. 
uh, it's memorable, but not in a good way. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, there's got to be an easier way. So that was one element is really, and we can talk about what is BattleBards exactly. And uh, what I'm kind of alluding to is the tools, the soundboard and the mixer, which is a, a way to manage audio in a seamless way, to integrate it in a seamless way. Um, so these were all designed with my direction and with other GMs who have experience using audio and gaming. So it's very particular to how GMs work. And also the types of audio. We work with some of the best talent out there. So I don't know. Do you guys know of a little game called Diablo 3? Yeah. Uh, nope. I, I, oh, you've heard oh, of it. Just like Willow, never heard of it. You, you've heard of it. No, okay. I Wait, if I say no, will you I send totally me a copy it. of Diablo 3? <laughs> <laughs> You know, in order, and well, if I if I send something to Chris, I'm gonna have to send right, something there to you, you right? Okay, I mean, I'll just take it. Can we switch? <laughs> Can we switch? I have heard of Willow. <laughs> oh god. Uh, so for uh, one of our voiceover talents that we work with, uh, Joe J. Thomas, he did the voice of the Skeleton King. So we, you know, we really work with some primo talent people who do like Coca-Cola commercials, Disney featured, uh, Disney films. I mean, we work with some amazing talent. And I think if you hear some of the audio that we've produced, you'll know. And I always say this when, you know, when uh, I've been in an interview and I haven't been proven wrong so far that we're telling you guys we have the best gaming audio on the planet. You're not going to find anything else out there anywhere that has been more specifically created for the tabletop gaming experience that is of a higher quality. It really is. We can we can attest to that. If you want to hear some of BattleBard sounds, go over to our Hired Heroes actual play episodes and just listen to the sounds that are in that. It's It's just fantastic. Really, the only thing that is bad about it is that it takes you guys time to create more content because we're, I'm just like, oh, man, this is such great quality. I want this now, and I want this now. And luckily, you guys are making more. <laughs> we just and, and it's a lot of work for you guys. But as a fan of your work, we're just like, ah, oh, more. We need more. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I appreciate it. No, that, that, that means more to me than I could say. Um, thank you so much for that, Mitch. So yeah, it's a ton of work. So we've, unlike a service like iTunes, which uh, is like a huge catalog of, of audio, we actually curate our list. And as the audio director, I can tell you that I listen to every single piece that goes on there multiple times because I work with the artist to refine it. And with us already probably going over a thousand tracks, that's a lot of work between myself and the various talents. We contract with over a hundred talents right now. It's really excruciating, especially when you're working on a track that's not quite there and you know it has potential. For example, to give you guys a case in point, I don't know if you've heard some of our Dwarf Temple oh, yeah. or Dwarf Religious yeah. tracks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you know, making sure that each track has what I call providing gaming insight, which means each track can't just be good. It can't just be a beautiful track. It needs to provide something specific to gaming. So for example... To keep the pace of those tracks, it was, you know, Hammer on Anvil, you know, an iconic dwarven theme. You know, it was the deep male vocals, something, again, that could be easily, you know, tied to a dwarven motif. That's that level of detail that we go into. So when I'm crafting a brief for a new piece, I will 
go into as much gaming material as I have out there, not just D&D, but other systems. And I ask myself, what do gamers expect for, from this kind of music? What does a lizard man village going to sound like? What are some of the elements that should be incorporated? What environment do they live in? How do they structure their society? That's the level of detail that goes into some of this. So thank you so much. That really yeah. means a great Not deal. Just saying it, it is fantastic. Well, and even when you said the, the dwarf hammer on Anvil and the deep voices, I'm, I'm thinking through that song in my head and I can hear it. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh yeah, there it is. That's totally how it sounds. And it's amazing because when I think, when I hear that, I'm like, I imagine walking through like something that looks like Moria, mm-hmm. seeing these pillars and seeing these guys working on the side with their hammer and Anvil and chanting the song while they're doing it, I'm just like, my mind is erupting with imagery when I hear that, when I hear that music. And it's just the music. It's not even the DM saying something. And so when you're saying you're, you're trying to have it have some point in, in gaming, that's more than just a beautiful piece. Like, I think you've done that, especially when we're talking about the Dwarven piece. Like I can, I can just imagine it more than it just being like, wow, this sounds really, really nice. (laughs) Yeah. Really appreciate it. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Sometimes when I'm working and I just want music in the background, I'll actually play some of the battle bars music just because it's, (laughs) it's nice music, but um, no, uh, Thank you so much, guys. Um, and I'm, the talent would really appreciate that. And I'll pass the kudos over to our talent. They work really, really hard on this. I mean, thank you. Just one last question. How many sounds do you guys currently have in your library? A rough estimate, just for just so people can get an idea of how invested you guys are into this. Sure. Um, we're, I think we're, we're pretty safe over a thousand. Uh, music, sound effects, soundscapes, monsterscapes, uh, voiceovers, including languages and scripts, NPC scripts and clips. And it's growing by leaps and bounds. So I don't know. It's hard to say uh, because it really depends on what we receive from the talent as far as what's what we call Battle Bards quality. I think we should safely be um, over a thousand at launch. And we're hoping um, if we can really get some more traction, we're hoping that you guys are going to keep me as busy as I have been. And we'll keep (laughs) growing that library. As Mitch said, there's a lot of stuff that we've heard from people saying, why on earth don't you guys have you know, a uh, uh, goblin war band or why the heck don't you guys have, uh, you know, this and that. So, it takes uh, time. We, right. And money. Yeah. Um, so we, but we want to hear yeah. that. Let, let me know. Um, just so I don't forget my Twitter handle is at soul collector XX. So um, if you want to hear something, you just shout. And if you shout loud enough, uh, I will definitely. So hear basically you. write, just twit, tweet at you sound effect in all caps, nothing yep. more, just a sound yep. effect. <laughs> That's just this. I, uh, you know, I must have this, uh, get this done. And and I will will definitely will definitely put it on the chopping block to take a look at. So you said you've been doing uh, gaming for twenty years and using music for fifteen years, and so that's kind of why we invited you to come on to talk about the sounds of D and D from somebody that is creating sounds that you can use within D and D or any of the RPG games uh, that you're talking about. So from your experience, Alex, and you can walk us through this as we go. But what do sounds do to the environment? that you're trying to set for your players. I guess that's where I kind of want to start. Like when I think about music and I've tried to use it, I've tried to use ambiance, I've tried to use dragon screaming and they usually epically fail. But so if you can get it right, what can that do to an environment for players that you're GMing for? Awesome question, man. Using audio in gaming is a little bit of an art. I don't want to say that it's complicated. I don't want to say that it's difficult to use. It's 
it really depends on how you want to use it. There's so many levels. There's so many different ways of using audio in, in a game. There's from a casual background music or soundscape to just add some ambiance to scoring and scripting an entire session, which is super involved. So to your question, what does it do? Music, there's a reason why the film industry for the last 50 plus years easy and of course in the video game industry spend tons of money on audio departments on the Foley stage on composers you know that's why Hans Zimmer John Williams Clinton Shorter that's why these some of these guys make so much money because what music does or what audio does it forges that emotional connection to a scene the case in point that I like to use is I will challenge everyone listening right now to prove this point fire up your Star Wars DVD and during that opening crawl, put it put it on mute. Oh my gosh! I'm gonna bet. I'm gonna take a little bit of a risky <laughs> bet here, but I'm gonna bet that that opening crawl is not gonna have that same epic opening beginning impact without John Williams' score oh, in yeah. the background. It might make the uh, episode one, two, and three better. But, <laughs> <laughs> it it no, might. That's yeah, when you right? mute when Jar Jar comes on, or Hayden Christensen, oh, then yeah. mute. <laughs> Actually, you just skip is what you do. You're totally right, though. Like you watch like a work where they're talking about a scene in a movie. Maybe you watch some behind the scenes kind of stuff, and you'll see a scene where the music has been taken out of it. And, like, Lord of the Rings comes to mind for me. Like, the music in oh, Lord yeah. of the Rings, not The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, is just so, so powerful. And if you take that out, especially, I think, of Return of the King, the, like, last 40 minutes that it's like, is it ending? No. Is it ending? No. Which, to me, I love it. I love all those scenes. But you take yeah. the music, especially out of those really heartfelt stuff. Now, you can't take away from the acting. The acting is phenomenal. But the music... The sound of that scene just adds so much emotion to that scene. It's fantastic. Absolutely. And and that's why a lot of these composers, these amazing composers, make the money that they do. Oh, yeah. Some other examples would be like Gladiator during that the, that opening scene with the, the, the barbarians. I mean, I've yeah. watched that without the audio, and it's just like... That's some neat effects. That's some neat graphics. But it's you're not having that connection, the tension. Whether something a scene is meant to have you convey, you know, sadness or excitement or anticipation or anxiety, the visuals can only do so much. But music has this almost magical effect to a human being. I consider music the last form of true magic that we have left in this world because mm. with music you can convey emotion which very little things can do. I mean you could even consider voice as a form of music. It's that sense of audio because it it has a way of forging these connections and as someone who takes gaming quite seriously this has been my passion for two decades. I relish those moments that I'm I'm seeing my players forge an emotional connection to the worlds that I'm helping to create through collective storytelling, where I see one of my players getting visually, ups uh, visually upset when an NPC that they forged a relationship with a year dies. And as they're dying, I'll play, for example, by the way, here's a couple tips. You want some sad music? Dumbledore's Farewell <laughs> from Harry Potter. It is. Yeah. It will pull your heartstrings. Every NPC that dies from now on is getting <laughs> Dumbledore, Dumbledore's song. Farewell, yeah. It's really, oh my gosh, it, it really it really uh, draws on you. Wally, actually, there's two. The, the one's called Static and... And one's called, I forgot what the other one, but they're similar. Also a very sad, uh, sad piece. So, and watching my players, even, you know, personally kind of feeling that loss, that, uh, that signals to the DM, like I have created such an immersive world that 
I'm seeing my players so immersed into it that they're really feeling this loss. And, you know, not just on the negative side, but even on the positive side, you know, when they defeat a BBG and you really have that epic score in the background, you could feel it. And and I think to me, that's what it means to be a good DM when I'm getting that kind of emotional buy-in from my players. And audio is just so critical in framing the emotional context that you just can't get with a description of, and that NPC is about to pass away. What do you do? It's your turn. Well, one thing that I've I've thought, like uh, even even Mitch, when your character Brand died in our last campaign, I was like, I don't have any music right now to make this. Like, it it just felt like something was lacking in that moment, and I feel like players had a hard time connecting with it. It's like, and Brand gets engulfed <laughs> by a big fire breath from this dragon, and they kill the dragon. It's like, okay, well, what did, what do they do? They don't really feel any connection because there's. You know, and I think what you said, music is set as the last magic here on this earth. I think in that moment, to have Dumbledore's farewell or static from Wally playing in the background would have been phenomenal. And it would have have made that moment astronomically better, both for you, Mitch, as a character and for the players in that moment who are trying to resonate with what just happened. Yeah, I found myself looking for those types of music. Like I have an extra iPod that now I've just deemed as my music iPod. And so I set like myself D&D playlists. And so I have the battle playlists and I have I have a separate file that's for funeral playlists in case of death. Now, I don't use it as often as I would like, but it is a tool that if if I do come across like a time to use it and I pull it up, a fast paced theme makes a battle just so much better than like we've had we like the Geico thing. We've had I've had playlists that weren't 100 percent set. And so we'll have a battle and all of a sudden this music will come on and it's like this happy or slow music. And it's like, oh, all right, <laughs> never mind. Skipping that like that does not set the mood mood. But even like you were saying, it's not just the music, but it's it's the voices you use. It's how you speak. You know, I'm a huge proponent for using voices, especially as a DM, somebody who's running the game. I just think that for somebody who runs the game and you're running all these different types of characters, you want each character to not only have a voice that when PCs hear it, they're going to be like, oh, that's that's this character and they can relate to it. But to use tone when you're using voices, too, to set those scenes, like having serious tones for serious moments, having very happy tones, having sad tones for those moments. As as the DM, a lot of times the the voice and the tone of voice that we use can set the scene for the players and lead them in the right way to this is the emotional scene that I as the the person running the game am trying to set here. And it's a lot of work for the DM, right? It I mean, is. it's one thing, you know, because the DM now is not just the, the the puppet master, but he's also the laws of nature. He's also everyone who's driving, the, he or she's driving the story, but also he's a voice actor. He or she is a voice actor. He's also every single NPC. So it's one thing if it's saying something like, and you're approached by the party by a peasant girl who then exclaims, please help me, my father's dying. It's another thing to, you know, say, okay, a peasant girl approaches and goes, please, please, people, can you please come? My father is dying. I need help. That really kind of makes it where, you know, you kind of light that fire under your players' butts there and uh, then go, oh my gosh, I, I, I rush to help. So it's definitely a lot of work for the DM. And one of the things, and I'm glad you brought up voiceovers, Mitch, is 
one of the things that we wanted to bring was professional voiceover. And of course, when I first say that, seasoned DMs look at me and goes, what are you talking about? How can you bring voiceovers into a game if you don't know what they're going to say? My NPCs can say anything. It's like, well, yes and no. What we do is we create those voiceovers for the unspoken heroes in every campaign, the tavern owner, the innkeeper, the eating hall patron, the potion maker, all those NPCs that at one point or another, players are going to have to interact with in some capacity when they're in town. And too often, those moments get brushed off as to just some accounting uh, things like, okay, well, we roll into this new town. I need to buy potions. Okay, well, you go to the bubbling cauldron and they've got whatever potions you need. Just go ahead and do the accounting and buy it. That's well and good if that's really what it is. But for a DM that wants to add some flavor and some color, you could now do so without any work on your end by having a professional actually do the intro. So, you know, we have, for example, a voiceover. Uh, one of the ones that I'll tell you about is Gambling Hall by Edwin Tiong, one of our voiceover talents. And he goes into this lively, you know, uh, introduction of, you know, welcome, welcome, it's good to see you. And he kind of goes through some of the games that they currently have. Oh, you can play cards, dice, and the old goblin toss. <laughs> you know, and there's so there's all these things that the voiceover can do for you as a GM where I didn't have to put together a character, a background, adventure hooks. I could literally pull these off the shelf, just play it. And as a DM, if I want to run with it, if I want my if my players want to play Goblin Toss, I can kind of make something on the fly or just say, well, give me a dex check and you guys are strength checks and you guys are just tossing goblins and whoever gets farther gets some money. It just depends on what you want to do. But I have that ready to go and I have a huge list of that where I don't have to if I don't want to come up with all that context. And I think that's another way to make it immersive because then it's like, wow, who is this guy? Let's explore his backstory. And sure, you're not going to have this and guy, you know, one of these NPCs entire history, but now you have something to go off of. Okay. So he's high energy. This is about what his voice is. This is how he's approached the party and you could run with it. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like, even when you were talking about that innkeeper, I remember hearing that voiceover and I was like, even if they ask a question, that's not exactly about games or about, you know, welcome to this tavern. You can still like, instead of having to come up with some sort of way to inflect your voice or say something or come up with, you know, is this voice gravelly or is it like a higher pitch voice? It gives you something that you can even practice before you get to that moment. So if they do ask a question like how much is a room or something like that, you can then go off of what he said with what you practiced and say, Hey, this is how much, you know, the room is it's, you know, five silver pieces a night or something like that, you know, and, and you can say it in that voice, which I think is, extremely helpful instead of having to come up with a voice and not knowing if it's going to sound cool or if it's going to sound, you know, smart or silly or whatever. You guys have those right there for, for us to be able to practice with, which is great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure my players over the last five years love my myriad of dwarven voices, which all sound exactly the same. Uh, yeah, right. So, I mean, it's nice at least to have that option. So, it, you know, I, as a DM, you have three options whenever your players want to do any kind of NPC interaction. One, you could just phone it in. You can just say, okay, buy, buy potions, whatever. You could set something up beforehand if you knew that they're going to go there and you could have already your script and your background, which is great. Or you could do what I'm suggesting here and just be like, okay, you're going to go into a, an, an apothecary. Okay, uh, here, I've got 10 apothecary tracks. Let's pull this one. Boom, go. And that's kind of neat as a DM too because now it's you get to sit back and just play that. And here you have a pro who's giving this awesome you know, nuanced script. And you could yeah. also just run with it, like you were saying, Chris, as much as you want or as little as you want without having to prep it beforehand. And as a GM – 
as a GM who's spent so much time on every little nuance and detail, it's so nice to just be able to sit back, have someone else kind of do that heavy lifting, have someone else kind of do all that work and just enjoy it and just, you know, let that play and then just work with my players after that. That's kind of a nice little reprieve. For me, I love tools. I love any tools that makes my life easier because I will sink a lot of hours into crafting a session. I would go as far to say, too, with going to voices again, that I would bet that with the characters that I have DM'd over the years, that my players have really grown to love and gotten these emotional attachments to, especially like remembering scenes where certain NPCs have died, whether it was story driven or just something that it was like, wow, something bad happened. I was not expecting, well, this character is no longer going to be around because that dragon just blew fire over them or whatever it is. I would very much think it's safe to say that if voices were not being role-played, that those PCs would not have those emotional attachments that they did. Maybe they would, but not to that degree. I think that it really draws the players in. I think it's the same thing when players are using voices. I think that, Chris, we've had, I love Caleb. Caleb loves to try his voices, but there's always a night where he's he's on point with his voices and then there's a night where he he forgets all the time but when he's using his voices i think it draws us into oh yeah rem- picturing his characters remembering who he's playing it's not just Caleb talking at the, the table but it's it's his character that he's talking about and it's those moments where all the players are having a discussion and they're deep into their voices that you as a dm know this is a scene that they're really into it's not it's not the players sitting here anymore these are their characters they are in this moment they are in the tavern they are in the dungeon whatever it is they're really into this oh especially when they start arguing in their voices yeah. too that's the, that's the, that's my favorite yeah. is when they start arguing in voices because then you know they're totally in full on character mode they're not even like thinking as themselves anymore they're thinking as they as if they were there as that character like they have become professional actors in that moment shooting from the hip going with it with those voices and and uh what you were saying too about about caleb when he when he is playing his Varaka, this warthog character when he gets those snorts in there in between words it is the best because i know he's in that moment and you picture it you picture his Varaka yeah. talking yeah yep it's funny uh, and so it takes us off guard at first, but once he keeps going with it, it's like, this is how he talks. And I can imagine this Farako, who's a captain of a ship, talking and addressing the crew, like when he's praying to Procon when we're out on the sea, <laughs> and he's snorting in the middle of this solemn prayer to Procon. It's like, I can imagine this Farako with his captain's hat, <laughs> standing up by the wheel, giving this prayer of safe passage through the sea, and it's just... It just makes that moment so much more in-depth in my mind than what it could have ever been before. And so I think voices are important. The one thing I would say, if, if, if they're going to be a hindrance to your campaign, I would uh, try and practice them on your own before. Um, and don't just try to fly from the hip. You can if you're good at it. But yeah, the voices are phenomenal for adding to any sort of scenario that you're in. Do you guys do that? That's a good, that's a good point. Do you guys practice voices that you're going to use? Because we're all GMs here. We're all DMs. Like, do you guys use practice your voices before coming in? Or I know, I know uh, there's plenty of times that we have to off the cusp, like come up with character voices. But for NPCs that you know, these are going to be important. Do you guys practice? And if so, how so? 
I do every now and then. So uh, at least like during the week when I have a certain script for an NPC, I'll kind of run through it a couple times. And as far as how, uh, you know, I'll take in, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'll take uh, influence from TV or, you know, characters yeah. that I really am I'm fond of, uh, you know, Gimli from Lord of the Rings, obviously. Davis uh, really nails that character i think mm-hmm. so extremely well both in tone and in in portrayal so yeah i'll i'll practice a bit i'm sure some of the, uh, the other dms do as well um but what you guys were saying you know voice is key and i mean for those of you listening what i would like to encourage is you you really don't need to be a pro and i would even say you don't even really need to feel that comfortable i'll be honest with you i i've been doing this for a really long time and i'm by no means a professional at all that's why we hire talent to do our voices <laughs> and you know that's why we hire talent to do battle bards voiceover but as mitch was saying and as chris was saying it's even if you're not a pro just providing your players with a voice that's not your normal voice will help your players with that immersive aspect of i am speaking to someone different you know so it's i'm no longer speaking to mitch i'm speaking to the innkeeper i am speaking to the weaponsmith and as long as it's just a different voice it's going to help make that connection in a way that just speaking normally wouldn't be. And and the way that you can forge those connections are by the little nuances between who is being portrayed and the player. So for example, if you're if one of your players is dwarven and they love dwarven culture and they you know they they really put themselves as a proud dwarf, it's one thing to say, okay, well the dwarf blacksmith comes up to you and says, you know, what can I do for you today? It's another thing if that same dwarf blacksmith goes, ah lad, it's good to see you. What can I do for you today? So it's like <laughs> you know, oh that's a dwarf. Oh my gosh, that's that resonates with my character, and you're gonna see that player engage with that NPC in a different way than if it was flat, than if it was just kind of, you know, not really feeling it. And again, don't worry if you don't get it right on. I mean, this is practice. You know, even if there's a little bit of chuckling at the table, that's to be expected, but you'll get better. And I think as long as it's just different, I think you're going to see your players really immerse themselves in the story a little bit more. So really want to encourage you to try it. Absolutely. I think that if people laugh, here's the, okay. Let me state this. People are going to laugh when you do voices like it's going to happen, especially, especially if it's unexpected, if, especially if it's unexpected, especially if you haven't really done it before, especially if it's a voice that you've really, really gotten into character. If it's a goofy voice like it's it's going to happen. That's not a bad thing. I think that's why a lot of people like shy away from voices, is because when they hear people laughing, as soon as they start breaking into a voice, they're like, Oh, I've, I, I'm being made fun of. It's, I messed it up. It's D&D. <laughs> let's be honest. If we're all sitting around a D&D table, guys, let's just it's be okay with us laughing at each other. Like, D&D is fantastic. It is fun. And there should be moments of laughter and things just being hilarious and funny. I know for me, when I first started doing voices, of course there's laughter. There still is laughter. When, Chris, you brought up Caleb doing his Verraco, every time he snorts, there's chuckling around the table but it's not a chuckling of like oh you're being an idiot it's like we love this oh this is fantastic and if you're able to as the dungeon master be okay when people laugh and people chuckle and stay in that stay in that character and you can you can break character and laugh too because it's going to be impossible sometimes not to especially when your voice cracks or whatever whatever happens when you go oh that wasn't his voice let me let me redo that <laughs> like if you're able to laugh with your players i guarantee you're going to be a huge role model to your players of how they 
can do ridiculous voices and serious voices and all those kind of voices and encourage them to do the exact same. And pretty soon you will have a whole table full of people doing voices. Maybe not a whole table. I know that there are some people out there, some people probably listening right now that are just like, nope, not for me. Voices are not for me. And if they're not for you, that is okay. At the same time, I echo what Alex has said. And I know I've said it on the podcast before. Just give it a try. Just just try it out. It it really is fun. You are playing a big game of pretend. I mean, come on. Our voice is really that big of a jump. And I think a lot of the hesitation will be people like, oh my gosh, now I'm getting into another level of D&D and that's now I'm being a super geek. Be a super geek. I mean, yeah. you know, so yeah. is, is this a bunch of grown men playing with dolls? Well, kind of. It's dolls with a lot of numbers behind it. I mean, you could kind of sort of, you know, so... <laughs> are, are are we LARPing? We're not exactly LARPing, but I mean, it's it's okay to lose yourself in the moment. This is a game. We're passionate about this game, and I think D&D isn't, in my opinion, not truly, truly enjoyed unless it's immersive, unless I can yep. lose myself in the escapism that is D&D that is a video game. When I play Fallout, when I play, you know, Civ, when I play something else, I want to lose myself in that moment. I want to lose myself in that context, and D&D is no different. So, again, just experiment. Just have fun. If you're with friends, just know you're with friends and i'll tell you guys what you're not going to mess up more than me i still mess up i've (laughs) i've had characters go from scottish to irish to cockney to american all in one sentence all in one monologue and then my players are looking at me like uh this different people or what's why is your accent can we get a demonstration of that yeah oh my god i don't think i could mess up that bad scripted but uh it's it's been bad you know guys just just have fun just just experiment and for those moments where you want to take a breather you want some some, some professional to take over for a little bit. Check out some of our uh, NPC clips and NPC scripts and languages. These are pros that do it for a living. You know, been working with them extensively. It's super, super cheap for these things. So you can just try some of those and kind of really throw a little bit of an immersive aspect that way. Chris, we're backtracking a little bit, but I did. I wanted to hear, do you practice your voices? If it's ones that I've used before, no. Like if I use like a dwarvish yeah. voice, then I can just... I can like raise or lower my voice and it'll be a totally different NPC. But if it's something I've never done before, like a lot of anthropomorphic type creatures, I have no idea what they sound like. So like I'll listen to the animal noise that they actually make and try and come up with a voice that's kind of based off of that loosely. But those are the ones that I practice a lot. And that's why I don't use anthropomorphic NPCs very often. But for like for humans and elves and NPCs and gnomes, like not really, I just change how I inflect my voice a little bit going forward so what about you oh absolutely i think if people were driving past me and looked in my car (laughs) when i was driving because that is where i think i practiced the most they would think that i was insane (laughs) like (laughs) i remember practicing the noggle voice in my car like the different noggle voices even though one of them was never used and i'm really thankful because that was the most ridiculous but in my car just on my way from work to home, like I get in my car, I have music, but at the same time, music is going, but I'm like practicing voices and it's weird. And I know it's weird and that's okay because I have found a home in my weirdness as a dungeon master in D&D and all my weird things that I did before I was a dungeon master now make sense. So <laughs> I'm very much okay with it. I'll be honest. I would love to go through a McDonald's drive through and have you order in your noggle voice. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> can we can we get a little sample of that just for this uh of ordering at McDonald's? Uh which which noggle, Chris? Uh do the do the uh do the leader? The one that was a little bit more understanding. 
Or yeah, the one, no, okay. no. The the one who said he was a leader, even though you never actually found out that they all thought they were leaders. Yes, yes. The second <laughs> one. All right. Yeah. What am I ordering? Hello, welcome to McDonald's. What would you like? Um, yeah. Can I um have a number two knife ears with a um <laughs> uh a large coke and yeah, that's pretty much all I got right now. <laughs> The, That's all uh, I got. Right the now. knife ears was because I, I, I played. I think an that elf. was it. I'm not sure. Yeah. And putting me on the spot's yeah. a little bit harder. <laughs> knife ears is because I play an elf character, and they're extremely racist yep, against they, elf they characters. So. <laughs> that is one McDonald's trip that that poor customer service person is just going to remember for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I think that if you work at McDonald's, you probably dealt with worse That's than true. that. But good point. Good point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel bad for the people who have dealt with fire in the hole. But anyway, oh, yeah, voices. Voices, you should totally use them. You should totally practice them in your car while you're driving and look crazy. They're fantastic, and they do add so much depth to character, and they add so much fun to the table. We can't stress it enough. Try it. Yeah, it. totally try it. And I guess kind of switching gears uh, a little bit, when it comes to ambiance music or noise, say you're in a forest at night and there's crickets playing and you're next to a river and there's a river rushing or you're in a city and you hear different merchants, you know, screaming out, Hey, this fish is, you know, five copper or whatever. And you hear the cobblestone, you know, under a horse's feet, Alex, I guess I want to ask you, do you use those types and does battle bards have those types of music as well? And what would your advice be uh, on those? Cause I know for me, they can become very overwhelming if used incorrectly uh, and they can actually prevent you from getting in the mood of being in a city or being in a forest or being in a cavern or whatever. So what would, what would you say about using ambiance music like that or noises like that in a, in a D and D or GMing perspective? So you are absolutely right. It can be a little overwhelming and if maybe not used properly, it could be distracting from the game. Mm-hmm. So you are spot on. As far as do we offer it, the ambiance music and the noise are what we call soundscapes. We absolutely mm-hmm. do. So we have for music we have two categories called score and source. So not not to get too too deep in, deep into details. Score is, you know, music, just just general music, really kind of to set the emotional context of the scene. A, a source is music intended to be heard by the character. So if they're walking into a tavern where there's a live band and you play what the live band is doing, that's called source music. And we have okay. quite a bit of that as well, which is music that not just for the players, but you can tell your players, your characters are actually hearing this. So we have those two categories. With soundscapes, we have quite a bit. So forest soundscape, a large city, dungeon, you name it. So definitely have those. So as far as using them right, a little bit, a little pieces of advice. You never want the the background to step on the narrative or to step on the action. So try to manage the volume. Typically, if it's really something that's going to be very, very background, make sure that you listen to the piece before to have a uh, feel for its overall decibel rating or how loud it is and just tweak the volume down so it really fits a little bit, a lot more into the background than something that's in the foreground. All the soundscapes that we create are very specifically engineered to make sure they're not distracted or not obtrusive. And that's actually, uh, soundscapes ironically are one of the hardest pieces that we work with talent because 
the challenge that we give them. It's like the soundscape needs to be compelling enough that uh, someone who buys our soundscape doesn't feel like we ripped this off from one of those Sounds of Nature CD, those relaxation CDs that people get. So it has to have enough elements to be compelling, but it can't introduce anything obtrusive. We can't have a thundering beast coming uh, into the foreground in the scape because players are going to be like, what the heck was that? That's going to derail the game if the DM didn't want to put that. So you have to be really, really careful. So manage the the background. I would also encourage DMs that if there is something introduced into your soundscape, then roll with it. If someone says, well, I just heard a fishmonger hawking fish, then I, I want to take a look at their fish. Okay. Well, they've got herring and they got salmon. He's selling it, uh, you know, there's uh, some that's half a day old. He's going to sell that for copper. The fresh stuff is going to be for silver. So so roll with it. But at the same time, what I would suggest is listen to the soundscape before you use it and make sure that it doesn't introduce anything too obtrusive. If your players are getting distracted by crickets, I'd kind of wonder what's going on in the game. Uh, is it? Do you have an overly passionate druid that has speak with vermin or that needs to use <laughs> that at every opportunity? Then that might be an issue that he's not, he or she is not getting a chance to use some of his abilities, not so much with the soundscape. Usually soundscapes or ambiance music is not stuff that you want to use on the fly. So in one of the articles that I write for Mad Adventure Society, um, there's really two kind of methods of injecting audio in a game. There's on the fly, there's prepped. On the fly is literally stuff that you haven't scripted it, you haven't planned for it, you click play as soon as you think the moment is right. And then prepped is when it's actually written as part of your script or part of your planning. And ambiance and soundscapes are really those that kind of should be prepped. Uh, unless you know exactly what that what the, what that soundscape is or what that music is, and you're comfortable doing it on the fly. So yeah, as far as it being distracting, uh, I think you're going to find the Battle Bard soundscapes are particularly ge- engineered not to be. It's just to provide that con- that context. So when your players are in the middle of the wilderness in a forest trying to figure out what to do, you could at least have that immersive background where they can feel as they're having a conversation, that they are in that environment. And that's, again, kind of calling to that immersive aspect in, in playing. Mitch, do you use uh, ambiance music at all when you play? I know the answer to this. I'm just more asking for the listener's sake. Or ambiance, ambiance noise, uh, whether source or soundscape stuff, like, we, like he was talking about. Yeah, so just, just so you guys know. So yeah, so when, when it's music, there's source and score, and then soundscape is its own category. Soundscape oh, okay. are those gotcha. environmental sounds, yeah. Yeah, I I have before. I don't use sound effects that often, mostly because most of the sound effects that I do, I do with my own mouth. So, <laughs> but music I use all the time. It's really for, it, it depends on what you want to do. If I want to frame a scene that's somewhat important and I need my players to be at a certain emotional level, then I would look to my music because that's what music is really good at yeah. doing. If I need my players to be tense, sad, happy, longing or or what it happens to be, I'm going to look for a music piece that conveys that. If I simply want to provide an environmental context to a situation, then I'm going to be looking to my soundscapes. It really depends on what you're trying to do for your players at that time that will kind of guide what decision would be appropriate. I will will say this. We actually just played a night in the Voyage on the Unending Sea where I did make sure ahead of time to have ambience. When we had the Shahugan attacking the ship during the storm, I made sure that I had prepped up both music, but while the music was going, big sea storm sound effects, waves crashing, because 
in the middle of this battle where I want the players to be making balance checks because the ship is rocking back and forth, where they're rolling percentiles because they might get hit by waves that do knock them over, do damage, whatever it is. I want them to remember this is not just dice being rolled. No, you're in the middle of a a storm and Shahugan are jumping on top of you, the ship. And it's not just a battle with Shahugan, but you've got this whole ship being tossed and turned at the same exact time. And that, that sea storm sound effect did wonders. I, I think to add to that battle and remind us of the craziness that we were in, in that. Oh, moment. I totally imagine Sanjan having dripping wet hair and being completely yeah, covered in yeah, water being from the storm from head to toe. Hitting yep. me Shahugan over the side of the boat and feeling like I was actually there because of, because of those wave sound effects and the storm being there. Yeah. And having to balance yourself every single time as you're trying to yeah. hit them over to not go yeah, over yourself. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, case in point, we uh, recently did uh, Ocean Voyage Soundscape, and one of them is storm tossed in the sea. And man, some of these, you just see these tidal waves just coming over the bow of the yeah. ship. You could hear it, you could feel it. The spray of the wave, the the rocking of the ship as you hear the wood creaking and moaning under the the hit of the waves. You know, the beauty of that, when I used that recently in one of my games, it was my players who asked me, should we be doing balance checks? And I'm like, you know, you're right, because this ship yeah. is getting wasted in this storm. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it, where you even get the players who are so into the scene because of what they're hearing. They're the ones who are like, okay, dude, we, we got to be doing some massive balance check. And that one player that has the high, that has the five ranks in balance, who's not losing the AC because he has those five ranks, he's the one who's going to be like, I want everyone else doing balance checks because do you hear where we are oh look yeah, at you guys in heavy play uh you guys are uh, losing your ac not me because i got the balance check. oh you fell over the side of the boat Have oh fun being exactly an exactly that's it's all such a good point and that's i think this is a huge part for me personally where i want to make sure there's some sort of ambient sound effect is whenever there's like something natural going on like if you have an earthquake going on in your campaign it would benefit you severely to have earthquake sound effects rumbling going on like while that's happening because it really just set the mood if you're battling orcs in heavy rain have heavy rain sound effects going on especially me and alex before we recorded we're talking about how we love 3.5 and i don't know what 5e's weather stats are but i know that 3.5 has a lot of weather stuff going on for it and i know that i've tried to use it in the past i always forget like oh we're oh yeah we're battling in rain if you have ambience going on where heavy rain is pouring it not only like you said not only reminds you the, the players but it also reminds you as the dm like oh yeah we're battling in we're battling in this heavy rain pour this is going to affect visibility this is going to affect arrows flying through there this is going to affect all of that stuff i need to remember this now here's the thing you could even go further than that what you just said mitch what I even do sometimes, we have a torrential downfall or torrential downpour sound effect. I will crank the volume and then my players have to yell at each other as that immersive <laughs> moment because of the yeah. rain being so heavy. So to really bring that immersive aspect, it's my players are like, you know, they're shooting like, there's other orcs coming. What? I can't. And yeah. that really brings that in. And it really kind of makes that for that immersive factor. So you have the downpouring of the rain. I mean, you still need to be able to talk to each other because you still need to communicate what's going on. Yeah, don't do that if you're playing 4E because you'll be listening to heavy rain pour at max value volume for like five hours. <laughs> but 
<laughs> I just think, Mitch, I think about us. We both live in apartment buildings. I just imagine if we did that, like I have a lady that lives downstairs. I'd be like, what, People, work, like, what is going There's on? There's no orcs around here. What are you talking about? People walking past. I can't see the rays yeah. in my eyes. What is this guy? T- what happened to him? What's wrong? To, to bring in, it's, you know, audio can be used not just for the emotional context, not just for the background, but audio can actually have a role in the game. So whether it's really conveying the, the effects of some skills because of the pouring rain by having it this loud. Or what I've done is, for example, we have sound effects of what sounds like heavy bludgeoning uh, item hitting a wood door. What I would do is when I would tell my players, okay, so my players are behind a wooden door and monsters are beating down the door and they have a certain amount of time to find the secret passage. Instead of just saying you've got five rounds, I will actually use a progressively louder sound of this door coming apart and being beaten in by the monsters as the metronome. Uh, that mm. will be the counter. And I could feel my players panic in their voices as these roles are not cooperating as they hear this door break apart. So there's other ways that you could use audio, not just for that background, but it could actually be a visceral role, a visceral player, as it were, if done well. So let's talk about music a little bit more here. I know we talked about music in the beginning of the episode when we were talking about just like what does sound do for a RPG game? And we talked a lot about emotion. And I think that really does come into play with with music. But there's more that we can say too about music and how how do we use music in campaigns? Like I know that Battle Bards has it set up so that you can select certain types of music that would be perfect for the settings, especially we've said this with sound effects and ambience, having it prepared makes things so much easier than just off the cusp. But I think for those off the cusp moments too, it's nice to have prepared music for off the cusp music as well. Just having a whole section of battle for a battle comes up, having a whole section for those sad music at the beginning that if somebody dies like chris you were like oh brand died like I, I wish i had music for this right now being like prepared in that sense of having that and then when that moment comes up and these are the great mistakes that we as podcasting dms can make that there you listen you can hear from us and see and now you have no excuse don't make that mistake <laughs> <laughs> like now when somebody in your campaign dies you can have that like funeral setup playlist or whatever it is to be prepared for. Now I just don't kill characters. <laughs> Solve my problem. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, so you know what what does music do? So um, it's several things. And again, I apologize for using the the terms. It's I guess it's just kind of comes part with having uh, sourced audio for as long as I have. But you know, so a score, and this is what I used to also call ambiance. It's to set the emotional framework. I'll tell you, uh, over the years, there's been many times where I want my players to be at a certain emotional level, mo- emotional wavelength, but it's just not happening. Like years ago, the example I like to cite to people is we, uh, you know, teenage guys, or you know, I was twenty something and uh friends and i were playing in a friend's garage we had just come back from lunch we've been we're all hopped up on sugar and we just ate and our energy's all, all over the table and what sucked for me as a gm is we were literally coming back from our dinner break where it was the death of a major npc and i'm mm-hmm. like oh man how am i gonna rein in 
the emotional context when we are, even me, we're giggling, we're laughing, we're punching each other, and yeah. like, what am I going to do? So one of the things that I did was, uh, you know, I, I went to music, and I played the track that was, if you guys remember the movie Braveheart, that scene where William Wallace comes back to town right after the death of his then wife, who had her throat slit by the governor. It's this very iconic theme, and there, there's two things that music did, did there. The piece itself was very sad and you know, uh, kind of yeah. drawn the heartstrings. But here's something else it did. Because of the connection to the movie, even though the players not necessarily knew the movie, uh, the, the, that theme off the top of their head, there was something that clicked in the player's mind, and they remembered that scene from Braveheart, and that's mm-hmm. called leveraging a latent emotional connection. And immediately, on a dime, their energy went from all over the place to at the edge edge of their seat, like something's about to go down. This is a really heavy, deep moment because of that connection. So as a DM, where you kind of sort of need your players to be in a certain frame of mind, music is such a powerful tool. And even more so, I use a lot of music, obviously, outside of Battle Bards. And knowing the types of movies that my players have watched, I could leverage that scene from that movie to instantly get them into that frame of mind, which is immensely powerful. Yeah, that's good. I haven't even, I hadn't even thought about, you know, using movies that my players had thought I would just go to YouTube or whatever, or wherever iTunes or whatnot. And like, be like, all right, sad music, type it in and then find something. But that's really good. Leveraging latent emotions is something that I hadn't really thought about yet. And I'm totally going to use uh, from here on out because you think of those moments where Dumbledore is dying or whatever, or moments that are just tear jerkers when you see them in theaters or at home, and you can leverage those emotions that could get your players, like you just said, totally back into the moment, no matter how much sugar they're hyped up on. That's spot on. And here's the thing with one of the nuances with human memory, humans will remember music easier than visuals. And Mm. you will be surprised at the ability for your players to recall a certain emotional setting based on a track because of the movie they watched. Absolutely. I think that's that was something I wanted to remark on, like the memorable music. When I'm working, I'll listen to the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. I'll listen to Star Wars. And it's like, I don't even need to look at the title to tell you what oh, is totally. happening in the scene, especially for like those emotional like Boromir's death Frodo and Sam Sam almost drowning to follow Frodo like I listen to that music and I start to like tear up I'm like oh my gosh I love this like it's fantastic the Cloud Atlas soundtrack oh oh, yeah it it just it's so powerful and I think that trait memorable music is just so powerful we know when we watch i'm gonna i keep on using lord of the rings but the but the reason i do is because the music is just so because fantastic. it's lord of the rings because yeah, lord of the rings it. it's a fantastic movie it's a fantastic soundtrack that music of bum whenever that comes on and you're watching that movie i don't know about you guys but i just get chills and i'm just like it's just it doesn't matter what's going on. I want to be one of them. When that comes in, it's just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I love this movie. I love this scene. I love this. And that's like the Lord of the Rings theme right there. That comes up every time there's a really 
pivotal moment. And I think that's something that as DMs we can totally take away from and take and use in our games. If you find a piece of music that you're just like, oh man, this is fantastic, make it your current campaigns like theme music. Whenever something happens that it like, whether it's like a battle music, whenever something big, big battle comes along, have there be a battle music theme that comes into play for specific battles. Whenever something victorious happens in your party, have there be this victorious theme music that you go into that just like raises that, that emotion. And when, when your players are, recognizing that as like this is our theme that's that's fantastic and i think that's something that you can totally use that memorable music and by the way for those listeners interested composer for a majority of the lord of the rings track is howard shore howard great shore, composer yeah. some amazing oh, work so good. look up his uh portfolio on youtube and you're going to find a lot more of his work and yeah one of the cool things about really diving into this as a, a dm that if you're interested you're going to start to learn the names of um film feature film composers mm-hmm. uh which you're, it's so weird how much of their work you will start to use. Hans Zimmer is another all-star yeah, that I use a ton. Yep. So yeah, check check those out. And if anyone's interested, I can you know give you a list of my all-time favorite composers. So you know, leveraging those emotional those latent emotional connections in movies, movies has, in my experience, been one of the most powerful tools in my tool set. Um, as far as getting players uh, to really spin on a dime or, or really kind of get them uh, dialed in. And that's one of the beauties of Battle Bards. You know, we're going to go live, hopefully, hopefully in a couple of weeks here. So we're kind of in crunch time. One of the features that we're planning on rolling out is the ability to bring in your own audio library into your Battle Bards playlist. So you can have, if you own, please, please don't pirate. If you do own the Dumbledore Farewell, for example, uh, track, you could have that as part of your playlist with, say, Elvin Dirge. We have a lot of outstanding Elvin dirges that also kind of pull on the heartstrings as well. Yeah, you could bring in your own um, music, and I think that's going to give you an unlimited, extremely powerful tool set that you just can't get anywhere else. So that's that's one of the things that ambiance does. Now, sourced music, music that does double duty. It provides the emotional context, but it has the evocative, immersive aspect that just ambiance doesn't do. For example, the dwarf temple music, Elven Dirge, where you hear elves in elven language singing a tribute to a fallen. Again, very similar to Lord of the Rings, the the lament for Gandalf, the uh, Druid Grove, where you hear the animals in the background. That's something that ambiance music can't just do because now your players can interact. Now the players know it's their characters that should be feeling this. And that's See, that's an interesting nuance. So there's what should my players feel? Then it's what should the characters feel? And sometimes it's different. And by having music that could appeal to both aspects of a persona is immensely powerful as well. So I invite you to also check out some of the source tracks that we have as well. We have a uh, a question about music that comes from one of our Patreon dragons. DM Starhelm asks, uh, one thing I've always wanted to do but never pulled off in a satisfying way is appropriate background music. An epic soundtrack like what you'd find in a movie, this is all stuff we've been talking about, or video games seems like it would be difficult to pull off everything else the DM has to keep track of to do. 
I know uh, some AP podcasts pull it off with editing and post, but how can you get that same effect at the table? He wants to know, like, how do you how do you get that same effect? And I think that's a lot of that is what we what we've already talked about, like just having things and and making sure to prep. And I think for me, the the one thing I would add to that is one thing I feel like he might be asking is those scenes like where. Aragorn is running and talking to in Return of the King and he's doing a speech and you have that music and it's I think it's I think for speeches it may be a little difficult to plan out your inspirational music for but my answer would just be preparation once again if you are planning on having an NPC give a speech plan it out prepare it have that music have there be cues in the music where you know this is where I want this character to say this thing in this speech. Is there anything else that we haven't already said that maybe you guys would give as advice to uh, Starhelm? Yeah, well, first of all, Starhelm, thanks for the question. I'm more than happy to give whatever pearls of wisdom I may have over the years. So a couple tips and tricks that I could share. So first of all, as Mitch said, prep. That really is the most important thing that you could really do. And if you're talking about like an epic score to an epic battle, I would say that music is a very important role, but obviously it's not everything. What I would be interested in seeing, and I would love to look over the shoulder of your games and see how you're building up to that battle. If it's simply, okay, the player's open to the the porticus to the castle, they're about to sally forth, and there's a huge army uh, before you, it's your turn. If this really is to be an epic battle, I'd be interested in the narrative, into some of the context before the battle, how much of, of this has been being built Built up. How many sessions has this being built up that there's going to be a climactic battle? And of course, music can't take you all the way, but it could take you the last lap. I don't know if that analogy makes sense. So it's not going to run the full mile, but it's going to finish that last lap for you. So I'd be interested on what those other three laps were. That's one aspect. And it's also the selection of audio that you're using. Are you using the right track? Because as Chris said earlier, when you don't align the track with the scene, it's going to get derailed. Just to make a case in point, not saying you do this, but if it's a happy, cherry, go lucky track and it's orcs bearing down and eating people that are of this town to intimidate everyone and throwing heads over the walls, yeah, that's probably going to derail the scene pretty quickly. Now, I'm not saying that you know, a selection could be done that badly, but there's some nuances in the tracks that you want to make sure kind of align to what you're looking for. So I would make sure that you're listening to the piece, have a little quiet space during the day just for a little bit and listen to some tracks you'll get a feel for what that track is really really early on to see if it's appropriate so uh, as far as some tips and tricks make sure you listen to the entire piece one of the things that is frustrating as a dm that's looking uh, for audio is there's a lot of pieces of music out there that especially when they're an ost to a music uh, to a movie there'll be what i call an energy change up which will derail the darn game and it's there's an energy change up because the scene in the movie called for it but you don't want it i've had that where I won't listen to a piece all the way through. I'll just say, yeah, 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 that that's good. Play it, and it will just wreck the game when yeah. I go from epic action to happy or sad or something, and I'm like, oh, that's not what I intended, and that just kills it. Please make sure you listen to the piece all the way. Now, if I could just do it as a shameless plug, BattleBards has cropping and mixing tools. You do not need to be an audio engineer, folks. I am not an audio engineer. I've never been an audio engineer. If you can click and drag, you could customize everything that we're going to offer you with uh, BattleBards. That is literally all you have to do. So if you ever do have a piece that you simply don't want that second half, you're going to be able to crop exactly what you want. You're going to be able to create a mix just the way you want and play it on a loop 
for however long you want. So please know that BattleBards is not just audio. It's super intuitive, easy tools to make the audio do whatever you need it to do. So anyways, that's that's my shameless plug. I'm sorry. <laughs> so the other tip and trick, if it's for what Mitch was talking about, like a speech, what I would do is, or what I have done, download a free tool like Audacity. It uh, is a sound recording software that's free. And put a pair of headphones on or something that you can hear the music and record the narrative. You don't have to do it on the fly. When you're hearing that music in your, uh, on the headphone and then you, you write out your script and then you're reading your script into a, into a microphone, it allows you to have those little nuances where you have the right tone at the right time when the music is supposed to play. So that is one of the beauties of doing it beforehand. And even better than that, when it comes time at the table to play it, you don't have to worry about pacing. You don't have to worry about, are you saying the right thing at the right time? You know what you have to worry about? Hitting play. That's all, that's all you have to do. And now you have the narrative with the music flow, what's called sync. It's now been synced in the way that you want, and you get to sit back and just enjoy it, just like the rest of your players. So that's something I would recommend as well. That's good. That's something I hadn't even ever thought of of doing before was record. And we record all the time because we do a podcast, but I had never thought about re- pre-recording speeches with that music behind it. And I think that's, I will probably have to try that in the future because I'm thinking <laughs> of my future campaign and there's a moment in it where there's probably going to be a speech by somebody that's going to be pretty important towards the end of the campaign. So that's definitely a good tip. I learned something today. There we go. We have had a lot of information. We appreciate, Alex, you coming on and and sharing all your audio wisdom with us. Let's wrap this discussion up with just any last pieces of advice that we would have concerning using audio in your game. I guess the first piece of advice is get to know your players. What do they like? There are some players that just don't give a darn about immersive storytelling. They're there to kill orcs and as many orcs as they can with the roll (laughs) of the dice. There's also just different levels of engagement with your players. If you've got a player that just love everything about elf culture, elf life, and they want to explore that facet of their character and the game world, then you can work with them. You could set some elven, you know, sounding music from Lord of the Rings or from Battle Bars or whatever source you happen to get it from to make sure that when you're using that audio, it's not just for you. It's also for your players. So I'd also like to know, for example, my players, um, how into sound effects are they? Well, whenever they roll a critical hit, do they want to hear that axe being driven deep into the chest of an orc? We could provide that. And if that will enhance the gameplay for them, then have that ready. If not, then don't. Similar to that, make sure that you're comfortable with how much audio you're injecting in your game. You don't need to score everything. You don't need to go crazy. You don't need every sword swing to be you know, nuanced in some way or have a sound effect. It could literally just be a couple of ambiance or it could be you know, every NPC has their own voice. It's up to you. I think we'll all agree. We all, we're all seasoned DM here. DMs have a lot on their plate. They have a mm-hmm. lot to do. The last thing you want to do is overburden yourself with a bunch of audio that you're not ready for. Have a measured approach. Put as much audio as you're comfortable. And lastly, I would just say, you know, feel free to explore. There's a whole world of audio out there. Look, and I'm not going to be here telling you that you have to get everything from Battle Bards. No, there's a lot out there. There's amazing OSTs. There's amazing audio that you can get from folks out there that release gaming-specific audio. Look at it. Listen to it. Integrate it. You know, find a way to expand your horizons maybe you never considered voiceovers before just check some of them out maybe you know soundscapes isn't something that you really thought your players
players would be interested, try it. Try one. See if your players really liked it. Maybe it was distracting for them. Maybe it uh, it fit really well. So just don't be afraid to explore. In general, I think it's relatively easy to find audio. And if you are interested in BattleBards audio, great. I think you're going to find that a lot of it is super affordable based on the quality and the t- types of talent that we work with. So you're really not going to be losing a whole lot by giving us a shot. So I would just like to encourage you guys to just try it. If you have any questions, Please, you know, ask uh, DM Block, ask me, ask BattleBards. Our Twitter handle is at BattleBards. Mine is at SoulCollectorXX. You can find me on Facebook. I think you'll find that I will chew your ear off more about audio than (laughs) you would ever want. Uh, as you've heard here, that seems kind of against what you're. Tra- if you're chewing their ear <laughs> off, like I don't know, that seems <laughs> it is a little counterproductive. You might want to think of a different. True, approach. true. <laughs> I think you will see that I will. I will badger you to death on everything on audio and gaming. And to be honest, guys, one of the reasons that we're doing this in BattleBards is not. I don't think there's really any delusions of grandeur that we're going to make a killing here. It's really, this company's really being driven by people who are passionate about the hobby. We're super passionate about D&D. We're passionate about how we could make tabletop gaming an immersive experience even more so. BattleBards is, is being driven by people who look at those movies, who watch those movies and figure, why can't gaming be like that? Why can't I really have that same impact that when my friends talk about a movie that we can have at the table. And that's really what's driving us. You're really not going to be turned away if you have any questions. We love working with DMs. We love chat, uh, talking to you guys. So don't be shy. We appreciate that. Definitely get in touch with, with Alex or any of the Battle Bard guys. Let them know how awesome of a job they're doing and let them know all of the sound effects that they still need to do. If I had one last piece of advice, it would kind of go along with what Alex was saying in know your players as the dm read the room because even with knowing your players there are nights where your players who might love certain things are gonna have different approaches to certain things i know i have had times at the table as a dm where i have forgotten to put on the battle music or whatever it is and i've had a player just look at me and be like like 15 minutes into the battle just be like uh can we have can we have some battle music going on because they they like it they enjoy it they want to hear it. it puts the emotion into it i've also had nights where people have had a long week at work and things have been like just it's just been a rough week and the background noise even though it's fantastic for what's going on is is giving them a headache or whatever it is and so they're kind of already in sensory overload mode yeah whether it's like turn it down or maybe even i've just at some points i've been like you know what i'll turn it off i as the dm myself had had moments where i've been like guys i know the battle music's fantastic but i kind of a headache right now i'm going to turn it off that's okay and that's okay like audio is supposed to be there to enhance your game experience and if you need a night where it's just you playing the game without audio that's okay too and if you need a night where you are just having rain at the top volume because you're all having a fantastic time screaming at each other that is fantastic too just read the room see what your players are feeling and uh, go with that you kind of took one of mine was just know your players so i won't spend too much time on that the other one that i was going to say was it's a common practice that i've learned throughout all the different jobs that i've had and all of the different you know classes that i've taken in college and high school is fail forward if you fail the first time learn from it and move forward so if your voices are terrible the first time learn from it 
move forward, continue on. And that may have even been the best thing you've ever done was that failed voice. Yeah. If you're doing it and you're failing forward, I think you are, you are doing it right. So that would be my last piece of advice in that moment. So Alex, you've already given us all of your contact info. Please, please tell Alex and the rest of the battle bard guys, Hey, how's it going? You guys are doing fantastic and send them any questions you have concerning battle bards or concerning just audio in general like alex said he would love to hear from you he'd love to talk to you about that alex we appreciate you coming on so much this has been fantastic and we will be hearing from you again in the future through battle bards audio and through you rejoining us on the show we are hoping to have you come on and help me tell everybody how amazing 3.5 is for maybe a bonus episode. So. <laughs> that would and I'll be find awesome. 95% of the other population to tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> we will have a very awesome debate for a bonus episode. But yeah, You'll thank you so much, Alex. This sure. has been a pleasure. Oh yeah, no, thank you. Thank you guys so much. It's it's such a pleasure talking to passionate DMs like you guys who who get it. I could not hope for anything better. So thank you guys so much for this opportunity. Anybody out there, just to recap, uh, you know, you follow us on Twitter at BattleBards, uh, Facebook at BattleBards. Um, if you don't want to take anything that I've said at face value, that is amazing. I love it. So go to SoundCloud.com, look up BattleBards, listen for yourself. And remember, not only do I want the feedback, or do we want the feedback uh, for the various audits, audio but we want feedback on the tools on the soundboard the mixer how are you guys using it what else do we need to do what features do we need to have please do not be shy let us know this is a tool for you guys as much as it is for us uh, in fact one of the reasons why we created this tools was because i wanted it i wanted something to manage my audio but it's also <laughs> for it's really for the the community so don't be shy let us know we're hoping 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 that we go live the middle of december but software development world tends to have a lot of uh, unforeseen hits up so we'll do our best but thank you guys so much for this opportunity i hope you'll have me back and it was such a pleasure i'm here anytime you guys need me thank you so much alex well that's all we have for you today on the dungeon masters block we hope that you've enjoyed this fantastic episode we really do once again thank alex for joining us for being able to talk sounds of DD with us and we do encourage you to to use sound in your games and find that place that sound in your game fits for you it may just be battle music it may just be doing voices it may be every now and then throwing some ambience it may be all three of those just adds to your experience but find that place where you get the most out of using audio in your games and and bring your games to life more with them so chris if they would like to write into us and ask us questions about sounds or dungeons and dragons in general or just be like hey chris how you doing in your life i want to hear more about you as a person <laughs> where can they write to us at uh you can write to us at, at dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com send us anything and everything that you want i guess uh, <laughs> that could be opening ourselves up for some pretty bad things, but yeah, don't don't send us anything. <laughs> send us stuff related to RPG stuff. That's yeah. what we're looking for. We we don't want to get personal. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can also hit us up on iTunes, leave a five star review, get a shout out on yeah. a future episode, and you'll help people know that we're actually legit and worth listening to. 
Uh, and you can find us on Podcast Attic and Stitcher and whatever else it is that you use on uh, Android phones. You can follow us on Twitter at DMS underscore block. That's at DMS block. And you can like our Facebook page. Both of those places will be great places for you to go to get updates on the show and to find some pretty funny memes. We have a Patreon member shout out of the week. And this week's Patreon member shout out is... Patrick Krantz. Thank you very much, Patrick. Patrick is yeah. a dreaded silver dragon. So yeah. uh, fear him. Watch out for him on the forums. Uh, and yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, Patrick, for making our dream a reality. Yes, make sure to leave some dragon tracks on the forums. We'd love to hear what your thoughts are. So thank you, Patrick Krantz. Well, with that, we are closing down the shop. We're turning off the lights. We're shutting down the mics and the computers on the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where you come to hear us talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all other people at the table. Thanks, everyone. Have a good night. (laughs) Keep on Dungeon Mastering. Goodbye.